This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Do you ever get fly fishing burnout? One of our listeners emailed us with that question the other day, and I have to admit, Dave, it it stopped me in my tracks. I mean, have I ever had fly fishing burnout, and what exactly is it? And how do I avoid it or deal with it if I have it? Yeah, what do you think, Dave? Maybe, Maybe we ought to start by defining fly fishing burnout before we think about whether or not we've even had it. I do think when you begin this topic, you think, are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, yeah. could I fly fish so much yeah, that I right. would be burned out on the topic? I oh, mean, I know on the it. face of it, you go, no, not really had that problem. Yeah, I know it. So what, what, is, what is burnout? What's, well, what's the dictionary Miriam, say? Miriam uh, Webster says that burnout is exhaustion of physical or emotional strength or motivation, usually as a result of prolonged stress or frustration. Dave, do you even fish enough for (laughs) prolonged stress or frustration? My greatest frustration is I don't get out enough. I mean, mine is prolonged time away from the river. Yeah, how about you? No kidding. (laughs) That's right. Or Or maybe my prolonged my stress is the exhaustion I feel from catching so many fish. And I'm feeling bad for you, so maybe it's oh, my man. right arm that's burned out. I thought it was just the opposite, <laughs> that, that it's so stressful because you never catch anything. <laughs> oh, man. So what is it? I mean, yeah. what is, is burnout or fly fishing burnout? I mean, I, sure. I think it's more than physical fatigue. Yeah, and, I'd agree. And mm-hmm. you and I have had days. In fact, often when we do a five-day trip, so it's a full five days of fly fishing, by the end of that week, we're kind of tired. We've had days where yeah. we needed a physical break because we were just tired. So I don't right. think it's just physical fatigue sure, or just being spent physically. There's an emotional fatigue that goes with it too, right? Yeah, I wonder about that Friday a few years ago. Remember we fished hard for four days and we had a fantastic day on a, on a creek where we, we each caught 40 plus fish. And, and But after that four days, we had Friday and then we flew home on Saturday. Remember we took Friday off? And, and I know part of that was physical, but I wonder too if there, well, I know there was an emotional aspect to it, and I wonder if you would define that as burnout. I wonder because when you think about it, you're spending all this money to go on a trip, and after four hard days of fishing, that fifth one, all we wanted to do was relax. Yeah, and almost like enjoy Mm -hmm. the memory of the previous four days. Right, and it's almost like when we laid down at night, man, I would just see visions of. you know, my strike indicator floating along yeah. or, or my dry fly <laughs> floating along without any strike. Yeah. Or, but, but you do, you, you kind of replaying all this stuff in your mind. It's like, whoa, I, I, I need a bit of a break. So I guess the question is, because we are armchair psychologists. Yes, we are. Yes. Among uh, many other things that we're experts at. Experts on fly fishing burnout. <laughs> so I, I guess it's time for us to fess up. Dave, have you, do you think you've ever had it? There was a time in the mid-90s when I was learning to fish nymphs, and I really struggled to catch fish. And I had just moved from Chicago, or excuse me, from Colorado to Chicago, and I was trying to learn how to catch fish in the spring creeks 
of the Wisconsin Driftless. Oh, yeah. And as you and I have said so many times, uh, spring creek fishing is simply more technical than fishing, at least in my experience experience some of those freestone creeks in the west yeah i don't know if it creates burnout but it creates a lot of anger <laughs> it does and just frustration and i uh. i probably stopped fishing for a few years there was a time when i was fishing with my friend mark and his son luke who's in high school yeah and and i think i stopped for a few years and i i think looking back i may have been burned out on yeah it. wow how about you do you have you ever felt that you know, perhaps in mild doses, but again, I'm not sure that I fly fish enough times of year to feel it. And yet, I know at the end of a trip, I, I'm sometimes I'm ready to move on. You know, so if I had fished another week or so, you know, maybe I would get it. So I think I, I think I understand what it is, and and I could be prone to it, but probably just don't fish enough for it to hit me that hard. Do you think ever that you could? take like a three-month sabbatical which would be a dream for you know someone our age yeah. and just fish oh wow yes just fly fish yes absolutely but i would say yes but i really think i'd need some breaks here or there to to read to relax just to step away from from what i'm doing yeah how about you I took a two-week sabbatical several years ago. I think it had been after I'd been in business for 15 years. And, I'd re and through the years, I just have not been able to step away from my work without my cell phone. It's a curse right. of, of having a small business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not that I don't get away. It's just that I'm always yeah. typically working early in the mornings. Or sometimes if you're out and you can get, you know, oh, get yeah. a cell, you're, you're, you're responding to emails. I remember once... We were hunting geese, and I was in this this goose blind. So I was laying down, waiting for the geese to come over in this cornfield, and texting back and forth with a guy who was on my board. And I'm like, "Hmm, what's wrong with this picture, right?" Yeah. But mm -hmm. um, but by the end of those two weeks, I had hunted the first week. In fact, we had gotten up really early mm -hmm. to hunt geese because you always do at that time of year, and then we'd hunt pheasants in the yeah. afternoon. I, I backed off. I stopped getting up every morning. I took off earlier in the day. And I do think um, for fly fishing in particular, the seasonal aspect of it is an advantage because at least you have the yes. winter. Mm -hmm. Right? I know it. I, I think you're exactly right. And it's really late spring to say mid-October mid for fly fishing. And yes, you and I get out, but that kind of allows us space, which is probably why we haven't had, a, I, I'm trying to think about real fly fishing burnout, Yeah. but I, I think it's probably less so for us because we don't fish that many days a year. I don't know. Well, at the risk of being Dr. Obvious, I do think that uh, <laughs> burnout uh, can happen more easily, more readily when you're not catching fish. I think fly fishers just starting out and not catching any fish, I mean, how can you not experience some form of burnout? Maybe that's where a lot of people quit. It, it's just too emotionally exhausting to keep trying to learn something and, and have no success. You and I have talked about this a lot, but there is that hump that you have to get over, this base level of, of skill and knowledge, which is the casting is what most people start out with or everybody starts out yeah. with and just trying to figure out what's a leader and, and what kind of tippet to use. Just recently, on Facebook, somebody reached out and said, you know, I'm fishing streamers. I'm having a hard time. And I said, well, what tippet are you using? He was using 5X tippet. Wow. And I said, yeah. eh, 
why don't you go down to 3x? Yeah. That will change yeah, really. things, you know? He was fishing like a size 8 woolly bugger or something like that. Yeah. But learning that and figuring that out takes time. And if you don't get over the right. hump, I think you get burned out from probably too many times out on the river, not catching fish, still feeling frustrated, not being able to tie knots. Yep. So I think that is a point, definite, a real point of, of burnout. That's a good point. Well, we're talking about fly fishing burnout, but before we continue, here's a brief word about our sponsor, Dr. Squatch Soap Company. Dave, I hear you're having some problems at home. Yes, I am. My boys are using my soap. Oh, no. My Dr. Squatch soap. So I am so glad when my oldest comes home from, from uh, college. He's in graduate school and is also the athletic trainer for a university wrestling team. And so when I see him, I'm just so happy. But then I go into the shower <laughs> a couple days later, and I can't even find my soap because he's used all my soap. <laughs> And so I'm, I'm really having problems. How about you? Well, I have the same problem, but it's my grandson. My six-year-old grandson, Colby, took my last bar of pine tar I don't soap. know. I'd get him out of the will at oh, that man, point. Oh, man, I know it. You take the pine oh, bar, and Grandpa's not going to take you out fishing. Oh, that's right. Seriously, <laughs> we, we do. We, we love this stuff. I mean, it's, it's great. You, you've got to try it. Dr. Squatch soap is just an amazing soap for guys. It's for guys. Yeah. It's, it the, is. it's the ultimate guy soap. So if you have some sons or grandsons, they will love it too. Go to DrSquatch.com, fill your shopping cart with great Dr. Squatch product, and enter the promo code 2GUYS, that's 2 and G-U-Y-S. And, and you you'll get 20% off, 20% off, right? On the first order. On the, on first, the first order. order. Do it yeah. today. All right, now we're back to our discussion about fly fishing burnout. So Steve, how do you prevent this? I mean, if... If you and I have only experienced this subtly, what are your thoughts on maybe identifying it and overcoming it? Well, I think one key is to pursue and talk about other interests. I mean, you and I both love fly fishing, and yeah, uh, that's sure. why we do the podcast, and we enjoy talking about it. But honestly, I have other pieces to my life uh, that aren't necessarily fly fishing related, and that would be family. Now, my, my two sons love to fly fish, but... Uh, my my daughter's not huge fans, and and uh, you know that that's fine. We you do, really have a rich family. Yeah, life, we do family things. You know, there's there's my faith, and and with that goes a lot of reading. And you know, hey, I like to watch football and basketball. These are things that enrich my life. So I I, I think fly fishing is is something that you can do in the context of the rest of your life, and if. If you don't have another part of your life, then I think you would be more prone to, yeah, to fly fishing burnout. Well, even the most rabid fly fishers uh, that you and I know have other interests. Yeah, and they I really do. Of, you know, brand out in in Montana. You know, skiing, duck hunting, traveling, cutting firewood. I mean, there's just so many other interests. And I do think that if fly fishing is your only interest and you're pursuing it 110% all the time, depending on your phase of life, I think you're going to get burned out. But I think those who have more of a holistic, integrated life, fly fishing is just one piece of the whole. Yeah, I think of a friend who works on one of the Spring Creek ranches in Paradise Valley, Montana. And it's been interesting to watch him. He... He kind of outgrew his love for fly fishing. Now, he's in his late 60s, but 
he gets more joy just out of ranching. He drives tractor, works cattle for the, uh, the, the ranch on which one of these you know, world-famous Spring Creeks uh, runs through. And, and I mean, he's, he's given opportunities to, to get a couple free days a year on the Spring Creek. And, and I fished with him before, and, and he's good. But it just struck me that, you know, sometimes life circumstances change. And, you know, nothing wrong. It's not like he's... Uh, you know, sitting inside. Just, watching TV. Yeah, exactly. He, watching Fox News. Yeah, he's out doing something. So it makes me wonder, though, if, if I, I guess I don't see us doing that, Dave. And no. I think part of it is because, you know, we, we have other eggs in, in other baskets. Yeah. and We always say we want to fish more. And for sure, it'd be nice to fish more than 20 days, maybe 30 days. I don't know. But there comes this moment where you go, eh, more days. I don't think that's what I want to do. No, I know it. And uh, Dave, how many... Are we wrong in that? Are we like just like... No, I don't... Is this blasphemy that we're saying? I don't think so because think about some of our fly fishing friends who are actually guides. And when we listen to them, what strikes me is they've got other interests. Yeah. You know, they're, they're skiing, they're, they're involved in their kids' sports or music activities. And it just makes me realize even listening to some of the the fly fishing guides or the best fly fishers we know they have other interests yeah, so they do, I, yeah that, that's sure. why i don't think it's blasphemy at i do all. i do think that if you're in the industry and you know it, you might get burned out although oh, absolutely. if you understand yeah. that it's a job and it's not your hobby we had that previous podcast that we talked about being modestly incompetent at at, at our hobbies but yeah. You know, I have a friend who was a great golfer in high school. Now, I did not meet him until my late 20s. And he was on the high school team and was one of the top players. After high school, he simply gave up the sport somewhere. And I think he may have even played in college, but he just gave it up uh, because he just got so burned out on it. And part of it was the pressure, right, to succeed. Mm -hmm. And I always have thought that golf is a great sport for the rest of your life, just like fly fishing is great, right? If you have your kids, football's not really a great sport in high school that you'll play the rest of your life, Yeah, yeah. right? But when we worked together, when he was in his 30s, his name is Mick, we'd go out to lunch and sometimes we'd say, hey, let's go hit a, a bucket of balls over at the local golf course. And... He could crush the ball. Man. I mean, he even having not played for 10, 15 years, you just he was had such a natural swing. But and I, I asked him, "You want to go out and play some? You know, play a couple rounds?" He said, "Nah, not really. Just not interested in this." So I do think you can get burned out, and it can just turn it off for the rest of your life. Boy, you know that's funny. I I have a friend, a guy named Steve Jones, who's a uh, well, he was a PGA golfer now. He's on the Champions Tour. But he actually won the 1996 U.S. Open. So he wins a major. And he, he moved to Montana right after that. And uh, it's funny, I, I never golfed with him. Thankfully, that would have been a huge embarrassment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I fly fished with him. He, he loves to fly fish, loves the, the outdoors. And I, I've often thought just watching him, uh, you know, he... He was able to, well, he's, he's playing on the Champions Tour now, and I think a lot of that, I think the reason he didn't get burned out in golf was because he had fly fishing as a hobby, and, yeah. and we're saying it can kind of work the other way, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, everyone is different, you know, personality-wise. You, you may have a higher threshold for fishing every day without getting burned out. 
And, and others need parallel challenges more frequently. And I, I think that's what we have to say. You know, everybody's wired differently. You know, so many people think that everybody has to experience life like they do. And if there's one thing I've learned, it's, you know no, what, we're, we're all different. Not. I mean, I, I think about a mentor who, after many years of fly fishing, turned to begin to pursue volunteerism in his church. He, he sold his fly tying equipment. He sold many of his rods. And you know what? That's okay. That's all right. Yeah. I think you can oversaturate yourself on, on almost anything, reading oh, fly yeah. fishing blogs, perusing fly shops, etc. So I think that uh, at the end of the day, everything in moderation, right, is, yeah, is probably that, good right. for most things. Now, there, there might, again, I think if you have the personality where I have a couple friends that I've hunted with through the years, and I actually never invited them back because they were just so yeah. intense and i thought meh you burn white hot i don't want to hunt with you and yeah. i never invited them again because they were just doing things like yeah. you know hunting the ditches on the way to where we were hunting and and just all those <laughs> things that just kind of oh, go yeah. you know it's in again i i'm trying not to judge them just we're just different that's not how yeah, i hunt right we're right. gonna hunt when when it's time to hunt and we're going to enjoy it. We're going to talk a lot. We're going to yak it up and eat a yep. lot, and we'll shoot a few birds. But That's right. But this isn't a competition. No, it's not. Well, and, and Dave, because we're close enough friends, I, I can say this to you. I hate to be a little bit blunt and frank, but, you know, you wouldn't get as burned out if you would just stop trying to <laughs> achieve my high level of fly fishing skill. You'd Actually, I was referring to Steve that I never brought over to hunting <laughs> yeah. anymore. No, just joking. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you probably get burned out watching me fly fish. <laughs> watching You're so cast. slow, Steve. I know it. Except you do you do pass me up all the time. Yeah. You, know, you are quick there. Not, yeah. not true. Oh, yeah, yeah, that part. Yeah, you're right. Get to the next run. Get to the next run. Yeah, uh, that's right. You know, I do think I get burned out when I'm fishing the same old water and doing the same old thing day after day. I mean, that, that's true with any part of life. So... You know, variety is the spice of the fly fishing life. If you find yourself burned out, maybe, you know, try another stretch of river. Uh, try a new technique. You know, you're good about this, Dave. You've, you've kind of picked up your own nymphing, and, and you know, you're, you're not the, man, the early adopter on everything. But, but you have a good sense as to, hey, here's something that people are talking about. And I'm not doing it because everybody's talking about but you you look at it and say, hey, that might be kind of fun. And, and I can see how that that invigorates your... It creates uh, your, a new learning fishing. curve. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we were... I was thinking about the Blue River west of Madison. You, you and I fished that. It's about a mile, mile and a half stretch. If that's all we were fishing all oh, the yeah. time, I'd get pretty bored with the topic. Or not with the topic. I'd get pretty bored fly fishing. Yeah, but, that's really true. You know, we, we go farther. We go into the Minnesota Driftless. We fish multiple streams over there. Um, I just think you're right. Variety is the spice of life. It's certainly the spice of fly fishing for yep, me. That's true. So any final thoughts, Dave? I do think you can have too much of a good thing. I just do. Yeah. And, and, and when you're younger, maybe you don't think that's possible. But I think fly fishing is one of the great goods in my life, the great gifts oh. in my life. Don't you think? Oh, it really is. And if I ever have any thing close to fly fishing burnout it never lasts very long no, I, no, no, no. I just need a short break and, and then I'm, I'm backing at it but just like maybe too much work or just too much of everything yeah there is a balance although I have to say I hate the word balance 
because <laughs> I don't think anything good happens. You know, anything if you create doesn't happen through a balanced life. But yeah. there is a sense of integration with the rest yeah. of your life, and and so I just think you need that if you're gonna if you plan to pursue fly fishing for really the duration for the rest of your life that's a good point so what are we saying dave how could you summarize this so i think the takeaway today really is that the cure for fly fishing burnout if you have that or even have a tiny bit of it is to really think about fly fishing and pursuing it in the context of a much thicker life Hmm. a much richer life a much more context when i wrote the book death by suburb about Great book. Uh, 12, 13 Great years book. ago, yeah. I used the phrase, the thicker life. And I think yeah. there's a sense in which that applies here, where life is is not just one-dimensional. That's true. It's not just fly fishing. It's that's not like, true. that's the only joy I get in my life, right? That's true. And the more we eat after we fly fish, the thicker we get, right? Hey, by the way, we but just came from lunch. But that's not what you're lunch. talking about. Yeah. Yes, we did. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, shouldn't have added that extra meat to that burrito. Oh, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> Well, hey, it's time now for great stuff from our listeners. Here's a terrific comment and quite the story from a listener named Mike. This is what he writes. Your latest episode on protecting your fly rods brought to mind a somewhat painful lesson I learned this past summer. My friends and I live in Alaska and love trout fishing, but most of the trout streams we fish are connected to the road system and get hammered pretty hard at the access points. So as a result, we tend to hike in a decent ways before fishing. These hikes usually involve scrambling through game trails, weaving through thick brush, and making excessive noise to try to avoid bear encounters. Black bears, brown bears, and the occasional cinnamon bear. The combination of the thick brush and narrow game trails has previously resulted in broken rods, and nothing is worse than being miles from the car with a broken rod. So we've taken to stuffing two rods into a single rod tube and strapping that case to our bag so we always have a spare in case rod number one breaks. That sounds like good advice, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. Well, this past October, we were wrapping up a particularly productive day of fall fishing when we decided it was finally time to break down our rods for the hike back. I unzipped and opened my rod tube, expecting to see my backup rod sitting there, waiting for its counterpart to join it once again. But instead, an empty rod tube case stared back. (sighs) My stomach dropped and my mind raced, trying to understand what I was seeing. In the panic, I jumped to the first conclusion that came to mind and assumed I left my spare rod on the ground while I was setting up rod number one for the day. I quickly tossed my rod in the tube case and raced through the brush back to where we first set up for the day in hopes I would get back to my rod before it was claimed by another fisherman. (laughs) I arrived at the spot we had set up and the rod was nowhere to be found. As I slowly began to admit defeat, my hand brushed against the bottom of my rod tube, which had been strapped to my backpack all day, and where there was typically smooth fabric, I felt only frayed fibers. I pulled the bag off, examined the rod tube case, and to my dismay found that the fabric at the edges on the bottom of the rod tube had given out. Where there was once a solid bottom, there was now a gaping hole surrounded by torn rod tube fabric. Wow. Dave, I've had that happen to me before. I haven't lost a rod because of that, but I've I've seen that. So anyway, he goes on and says, As I once again unzipped the rod tube case, I saw the painfully familiar sight 
of an empty rod tube case staring back oh at me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the bottom of the tube must have failed at some point during the day, resulting in rod number two being dropped somewhere on our trek. When I discovered rod number two is missing and threw rod number one into the tube to race back in search of the missing rod, I unknowingly allowed rod number one to be lost in the same manner as rod number I, two. I, I, oh, I can't even talk at no, this moment. So, yeah, so now he's lost both rods. This is, this is how he ends. Uh, he says, even though the day ended in disaster, it was a phenomenal day of drifting beads and flesh patterns for greedy rainbow rainbows and i was even fortunate enough to find one of the lost rods on a subsequent trip what on a positive note i went back the following weekend with a new fly rod and caught an absolute stud of a rainbow that was taped at 25 inches with room to spare wow since then i only care either a solid alloy tube or a rod tube with a plastic cap on the bottom when i hike in to fish Wow, isn't that something that else? That is an unbelievable story. Oh, man. Yeah, thanks so much, Mike, for sharing that. You know, I, I've done the same thing. I've, I've taken caps like off of uh, cardboard tubes that maybe you get a poster in. And I've, I've actually used uh, duct tape, which, of course, uh, if you have duct tape and WD-40, you can fix yeah, 90% of problems yeah. of life. But I've, I've taken the duct tape and taped those uh, caps on the bottom because I have a... I have a rod tube like that where the fabric is starting to fray and it, it's, you know, there, there's a little tiny hole. So, yeah, that's, yeah. wow. That really is something to pay attention yeah, to. Yeah, duct tape and, and WD 40 works pretty much in everything except maybe some of the newer models of cars. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that, that have, they're all electronic, yeah. right? Yes. Well, that's all for today. Hey, what have you done to avoid or overcome fly fishing burnout? Please tell us by commenting on this podcast link at twoguysintheriver.com. How do you avoid or overcome fly fishing burnout? Or just tell us a story when maybe you thought you had fly yeah, fishing yeah, burnout. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. And thank you for referring our podcast to your TU chapter, your fly fishing club, friends, colleagues, golden retrievers. That's how we grow, and we are grateful for your trust. We'd love to hear your ideas for podcast episodes, so keep sending those. One more thing, if you haven't yet purchased our book, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is Short, Catch More Fish, you can do so on Amazon. And if you read that book, it's guaranteed to prevent fly fishing burnout, the, right, Dave? You know what? I think let's let's position the book that way. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly right. That's right. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing.